This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Badman. Badman. Stop it. I've messed up a lot in life. I love this side of you, Tim. The FOMO is real. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> What's up, my friends? This is Matt and Tim, and you are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Uh, it is very early for us, but it might not be so early for you. So we're going to do our best to do this thing and pretend that it's not as early as it is. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> Matt, yes. what's new with you, my friend? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> thanks, Tim. I just totally screwed up this podcast, so there's there's a little inside joke there that you'll never know about. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of uh, new things around the corner. I wouldn't say a whole lot is new right now, mm -hmm. but uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby girl in September, so I've been renovating the house. I I found this amazing hack that works for doors and as you get older it's it's all about the simple things it's all about the things that save you time honestly mm -hmm. so a friend of mine showed me this trick how do you get doors to open and close easily when you have a 50s house it can be so frustrating so i'm putting back all these doors uh putting back putting the doors back on the frames after painting and replacing hardware. And I just could not figure out how to do this. And I finally did because a friend of mine showed me and uh, my wife came home from, from um, work yesterday, work in a baby shower. And I was so excited to tell her what, uh, what I figured out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it was probably in the top 25 times, um, she see me that excited <laughs> over over doors i'm serious over doors uh it's so ridiculous but the bottom line is it saves me a lot of time yeah and it's so much less frustrating than the way i was doing it so yeah um i'm i'm very uh i'm very proud of the work that we've done in our our house and in getting ready for our baby girl and I'm just so excited to add to our family. Yeah. I'm so I'm so excited. I know it's going to be crazy and chaotic for at least a while, but I I'm that doesn't phase me at all and I'm just so excited to start as soon yeah. as I get the doors back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well the good news is that uh at least if the doors aren't on um it's open, right? <laughs> At least you can get into the room. <laughs> yes. Uh, the bathroom door is on. That's the one that matters the <laughs> okay. most. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everything's, I'd say everything's going well in general. Um, with, with the farm, I've had to prioritize things over the farm. Mm -hmm. And that eats at me a little bit because, I shouldn't say a little bit, it eats at me because I know there are things that I could and should be doing, but they're just not number one, two, or three priority for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. I finally made it over there yesterday to walk the corn and um, pull a weed that's called burr cucumber. It's an invasive weed. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you 
can't fly a drone over the field to find it. It's it hasn't made its way to the top of the corn stalk. Yeah. And the corn's probably about seven or eight feet tall. So you're Jeez. walking through the cornfield like this. You can't see me if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. but I'm holding my hands up beside my face, in front of my face, because corn is the um, corn leaves are hitting you in the face. And they're green right now, which means they're pretty tough. So they'll fight back as you walk. Mm. And I got poked pretty hard in my right eye yesterday. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's okay. I, I'm... I'm happy to, uh, the things on the farm that I'm neglecting right now, I'll get to eventually. Yeah. And they aren't as consequential as, as the things I'm doing here at home. Dude, I, I don't know if it's this way for you, but, but prioritizing becomes like yeah. so much more important. I feel like the older yeah. you get and the more responsibilities you have, it it's really does. so hard because sometimes you have that or like a few different things that could technically be prioritized over the other. I know. <laughs> and it's like, how do you, how do you manage that? Especially when it comes down to like one of, one of these needs to get cut out, even if it's just for like today or something like that. It's like, yeah, I mean, I need to do all of these things, but there's no possible way to do all of them. To do all so of them. So one of yeah. them has to get cut out. I deal with this That's with exactly work right. all the time. It's I'm like, sure. You know, I could easily just work all day and still Is not it a complete case everything of but the greasy wheel uh squeaky wheel gets a grease in typically? many cases yes um I, I think i've heard you talk about that you know um, yeah but it's you know even even just outside of work it's like sometimes there's just there are things that need to be done yeah and you just don't get to them uh case mm-hmm. in point yesterday uh i really need to mow my lawn I haven't mowed right. it in like <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> and this is new for me. Like being at the new house, uh, before we had like a, I a love company that did it at the Tim. townhouse. So I, I really need to mow, mow my lawn. It's getting long, um, yeah. and uh, but so that so my plan was to mow it yesterday. Uh, my wife's been sick, so um, so I you know had to spend a little bit more time like watching the kids but my brother yesterday while we were at church my brother invited us over to uh his father-in-law's house down the road to go Mm. swimming and i was just like thinking to myself yeah the kids really need to get out of the house and this is like really good for them it'll be a good time for us to spend some time together and i could have easily just said nope i i need to mow the lawn (laughs) the kids are just gonna i'm gonna give my son the the ipad and you know put the tv on whatever just let them sit and hang out by themselves for for a couple hours i'm gonna i'm gonna go mow the lawn but it was one of those instances where like you know what the lawn can wait another day (laughs) (laughs) it'll be a lot to squeeze in on monday but i'm gonna Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make it work and uh but i feel like this these decisions happen all the time you know it's like um especially like once, once you have kids and stuff like that, I feel like you're doing, you're seeing this now, like things that have to be done because you're building a family, you know? And yeah, um, I, well, I, I, I'm curious in your case, if you're anything like me, where I would have mowed the lawn over practice drums because practicing mm. drums is harder work than mowing the lawn. I enjoy one more than the other. Yeah. So I, I've realized that this is, 
I need to work on this because I, I put something that's not as important over something else sometimes because mm. it's more it's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and there's more there's what I should say is there's more of a satisfaction immediately. There's immediate gratification mm. in the thing. I mean, mowing your lawn is, is really the epitome of, of that for me. It's like yeah. you, you you mow this way. And 20 seconds later, you look back and you see this awesome stripe and you come back the other way and within an hour, you're done. Yeah. With practicing drums, you could spend three hours and you're really not sure if you're any better. In mm -hmm. fact, you feel like you're worse at times. So it's, yeah. it's really an investment. Are you like that with work? Like, Do you like mowing your lawn and you just skip doing something to do something I, else that's more fun? No, not so much. I, okay. I actually, I don't mind mowing the lawn. Um, I would be happy if I, if I didn't have to do it, mm -hmm. but doing it isn't, I wouldn't say that much of a chore. Um, well this house, it is kind of a chore cause most of what I'm mowing is actually weeds at this point. <laughs> Less lawn. <laughs> it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look great. Uh, and like the, in the front yard, it's so hard cause the, the tree roots are like sticking out of the ground. So it's really oh, yeah. quite difficult to, to mow. But it's kind of, for me, it's like a mindless thing. Like it's, it's something that I have to do. I feel productive after I'm done. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm actually doing something of value. Um, but it also doesn't take thinking, which is what most of my day takes. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm so constantly thinking about what to do and, and how to do it. And mm -hmm. um, so it's finally an opportunity where I can actually get something done, be productive, but not really right. have to think too much about it. Um, so I do enjoy it in that way. Um, for me, drumming is a creative outlet, I think. Mm. Um, so it hits a different part of the brain. So mm -hmm. I'd actually rather get on the kit and practice mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. myself. But, um, right. but it's different for me than it is for you. Like when you're getting yeah. on the kit, in most cases, and I think you would probably yeah. agree with this, if you're getting on the kit, you're doing it because um, you have to for your yep. job. You're yes. working through something or you're practicing a set. I think if you have the option of just playing for the sake of playing, playing yeah. whatever you want, not having a time limit in mind, not needing to take notes or anything, just just playing on the kit like you did at worship practice the other day. Like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just just playing for the fun of it, you know. Um, I think you'd probably feel differently about it too. Absolutely. Right. I find that I, I'm more motivated to practice if I say it's not the end of the world, it's not the end all, it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to be the last time. Mm-hmm it's not the most important thing in the world. Then I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. So what does that tell you about practice for me? <laughs> <laughs> if I have to tell myself it's not those things, honestly, that's, that's the way I see it. I'm yeah. learning a lot about that for myself. Um, I think I mentioned last time I'm, I'm in a mentorship right now, and it's mm -hmm. been so good for me. I didn't realize how much, how bad I suck. I guess that's the best way to say it. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm joking. I'm 50% joking, but um, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to put myself down. What I'm saying is we all have things to work on. We're all, we're all messed up to a degree, and it's nice to be working on things. For mm -hmm. example, I've been um, waking up, and the first thing I do 
is make myself a cup of coffee. The second thing I do <laughs> <laughs> is um, sit on a chair in our bedroom. My wife bought this chair and I, I just never really used it in the corner. I'll sit there and um, read my Bible app first thing mm. in the day instead of the last thing at night. And I've never been very good at staying on track and reading my Bible. Um, and I, I'm only five days in, but I enjoy it. Mm. Like I actually yeah. look for, I, I, I think about it actually throughout the day. I was, I was thinking about it last night when I was working, I was painting. I'm like, I wonder what tomorrow is going to be. Mm. And I think for me, I finally realized what works the best for my personality and for my schedule. If you're listening to this and you also are not good at reading the Bible and staying on track or, or having any commitment, I, I feel like we're talking about priorities and commitment in this episode, which is, which is cool. <laughs> and the lead up it's to cool. what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I think part of it is having a strategy, having mm. a plan to carry out the plan. Yeah. You have to know your personality. That's right. That's really good advice. Um, and it does lead up very well to our topic today. Well, both our topics does, really. Actually. Um, so, um, our drum topic today is one that has actually been thrown out a number of times. I've been hesitant to take it on only because um, it applies more so to me than it does to mm -hmm. Matt. Um, but regardless of that, I think it's going to be a great conversation. Um, and I think Matt will actually have quite a bit to add, especially in light of that uh, that lead up there. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so without further ado, um, our drum topic today is coping with leaving the music industry. And once again, this is a topic that has been asked of us to cover um, a few times in different ways. Um, this is kind of just how I boiled down the overall idea. Um, but um, yeah, as you know, Matt is still in the music industry, <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> quite it <laughs> apply to him. Uh, 20 years later, <laughs> I haven't left. <laughs> still still going. <laughs> um, and it hasn't left me either. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually had to think about this one for a little bit because it's been a while, you know? Um, and, uh, and in some ways, I never really left the music industry. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess how I'll start this is I'll tell a little bit about my story for those of you listening who don't know, uh, and then I'll share my opinion and then leave it open for discussion. Uh, so that's how Honestly, we can go Honestly, I could use one. a refresher too. Okay, well, there if you go. If someone asked me to lay out your... Musical my career path yeah. career I'd be like ah, ah he was in the studio one time <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> I think right. He played, I think he played Rev Jan about 15 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah so um, I, I don't even know if you could call what I had a, a, a career <laughs> so I think you could I think it was more more so leaving I think leaving the music industry applies industry. Uh, less so like you know taking a new career path. But, um, I will say, uh, I knew what I wanted to do at a very young age. Um, mm -hmm. it, there was kind of no question in my mind, like I want to be in a band and I want to be successful playing in a band. 
um, however that would look. Um, early on, it was drumming. At some point, it switched to uh, playing guitar and singing. Um, the band that I was in in high school saw a little bit of success. Um, we, uh, I was 15 when the band started. Uh, by the time I was 17, we were playing Creation Festival um, and, uh, you know, making a name for ourselves, playing with some bands. In fact, um, not many people know this, but I brag about it. Um, I don't know if you guys <laughs> know the band 10th Avenue North, oh, um, yeah. but one of the last shows that we played, they opened up for us. Wow. And they were this small they band. Up for you. They opened up for us. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. And this was like towards the end of that band. Um, we broke up, I guess, a few months later. But um, but yeah, it was it was you know, we were starting to make make connections. I revisited the the MySpace like a couple years later. Yeah, MySpace, <laughs> that's how old. Uh, went back to the MySpace band page and saw like all of these label requests and stuff, even after we were broken up. So like that band, mm -hmm. in my mind, we, we were starting to see success. It was never really like, um, a career. We didn't make much money from it or anything, but we were kind of headed in that direction. Yeah, um, exactly. So that band ended up breaking up. I've played in a number of bands since then in various different capacities. There was one band that, um, was doing really well, um, based out of Hoboken. We played in the city a lot. Um, and that was probably the, the, more career <laughs> level band, you know, we actually mm -hmm. toured on a tour bus, things like that. Um, but, um, it was never like, I was never quote unquote successful in the music industry. Yeah. Anything. uh, did record in a studio, like you said, uh, in Nashville with some high end producers, had a record deal, things like that. Again, not enough to quit my job, <laughs> but it was there in the background, um, happening. You always wanted um, to quit your job yeah. to do the band, but it was like, it, it was one of those things where your, your time was split and it, it had to be because it wasn't yeah. providing the commitment, the, the commitment was there, but not the income, not um, the income. Yeah. So it never really switched from hobby to, uh, job to job. Career. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I never left the career <laughs> cause I was never there, <laughs> but, um, but there was a, <laughs> I guess, a, a specific time in my life where, um, the mindset switched, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. and that was, so I was playing in a band in Philly and this was in 2016 and I was commuting there like probably twice a week for practice and then playing shows on the weekends and stuff. And, um, great band. Wow. In fact, that's even, a pretty big commitment. Yeah. Was, I mean, Philly for me is like an hour. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it was, you know, okay. it was a lot, it was similar to Hoboken actually. It was like driving to Hoboken, uh, two or three mm -hmm. times a week. Uh, and then the city at <laughs> various points. Um, but, uh, so, th so, and that band was actually doing pretty well too. Um, we were, signed to Capitol Records. Um, but again, not, it wasn't at the point where we were, um, it wasn't a career. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was in this band and, um, we, uh, uh, I, I found out that, that my wife and I were pregnant. And at that point, like things just shifted in my brain, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not going to work. I cannot drive to Philly 
It was yeah. it was less the um it was less the time or the energy or the potential that was on my mind. It was more just like um commitment. I was like mm-hmm. long term. Like I know what Absolutely. it takes to be committed to a band and what's expected of you. And so mm. to be in that commitment um was something that I couldn't see myself. I knew that I would drop the ball somewhere or mm. wouldn't be as committed as I should be in order for something to succeed. Um and uh the way I've approached bands is always like there's going to be someone who wants it more. So the ones that want it the most are the ones that get it. It has less to do with skill in many cases and more to do mm. with drive and mm-hmm. and commitment. So I was like as soon as as soon as there's a a baby uh in the mix, it's like my commitment level is going to <laughs> just plummet. Mm. So um so we switched uh gears at that point. I dis- I decided to stop pursuing uh music as a full-time thing. Um it mm. was always kind of the thing holding me back from fully embracing my career. Um and at that point I was in recruiting um but you know, I was never, it was always like my head was somewhere else, you know, like I was mm. working, but I was only working for money, not because I liked what I was doing or, mm-hmm. you know, or any, anything. It was always just waiting for music to kind of take on that position. <laughs> so, mm. um, it would I, be similar. Yeah. It sounds like it would be similar to me mowing for a doctor. Uh, I just had one mowing account and I would be driving this uh, steering wheel mower, meaning it wasn't a zero turn with the bars or the handles. And I would be tapping breakdown rhythms on the mm. steering wheel while doing the work. I just, yeah. I just couldn't wait to get home yeah. and try out these ideas. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like it would be a pretty similar experience to that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where my head was just at like constantly, constantly, like constantly thinking, thinking about it, thinking about the potential, thinking about what I had to learn or practice or where my head, you right. know, was, my head was, was elsewhere. Um, when I, I even picked the guitar center job because I knew like I'd get gear at a discount and they had this mm-hmm. thing called tour leave. So if I ever needed to go on tour, I could take on paid leave and not lose my job. Like it was like mm. everything that I was doing was all kind of focused around uh, playing music at a professional level at some point. Um, so it was it was a tough choice to make. It actually wasn't as tough as I thought it would be to make mm. the choice of like, okay, music is not going to happen. And when yeah. I was, I was actually touring kind of helped me because for me, the tour experience, it, it allowed me to do something that I had always wanted to do. And it wasn't as luxurious as I thought, even mm. being in the tour bus, it was actually more monotonous. And the whole time I was doing it, I just couldn't wait to be home. So I was kind of like, mm. once I did it, I was kind of like, okay, I got that out of the way. Um, I think it was a little bit easier for me to handle. I don't think um, I knew you were in a tour bus. Yeah, just for a short time. Um, wow. And, but, you know, for so me, you really it was had like, the full tour experience. That's really yeah, cool that you yeah. got to do it. I got to do a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, recorded in Nashville with a, with a producer. Uh, well, mm-hmm. You know, did the tour bus thing, um, played in lots of different bands, lots of different styles of music, all these different venues, opened for a bunch of really cool artists and 
um, mm-hmm. even had cool artists open for me. <laughs> played played <laughs> yeah. a bunch of festivals. Uh, Rev Gen, like you mentioned, notably was the one that you and I kind of ran into each other uh, mm-hmm. every every year or so. Um, but uh, yeah, it was so I I kind of got the experience overall um, that I was hoping for, just not at a full time career level, I guess. Um, hmm. But yeah, so I made the choice to uh, to leave, but I didn't really leave the music industry. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to how to talk about this exactly because what I did was I left my band, mm-hmm. decided that it wasn't going to be a career, um, and came you know made peace with the fact that I would actually rather be um, sitting at home with my family um, mm. or on the deck outside drinking a beer with friends than, um, loading up and unloading and waking up mm-hmm. in a bunk and, you know, all these things basically it was, you know, I made, I, I made peace with that or realized this is what I actually want. I want a family. I want kids. But with that said, the first thing I did was build a, a drum room <laughs> in my mm. basement with, uh, you know, high level studio gear and, uh, you know, soundproofing. And so I basically just went from that. And then I started, um, I, I still played music relatively often. I was still, you know, Mm. getting my, uh, my fill, I I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. so if I were to, to address like how to cope with the music industry, how I'm really addressing it is how do, how do I cope with making a decision to not pursue music as a full-time thing. That's kind of where I'm mm. coming at it. I'm not coping with leaving the music industry as a full, as a whole, because I don't know if I could leave the music industry, so to speak. Um, and maybe I w- would come at this differently um, had we not been through COVID and I didn't see the potential of actually still being a part of the music industry. Um, mm. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, how I coped with it was basically just, I found an outlet, you know, like it wasn't the band anymore. It was playing and and doing my own thing and being creative in my Mm. own space that I built for myself. Um, because I was having, I was starting to have kids. Um, and that was okay. It was tough for a little bit because there's a, a level of, um, excitement. There's a level, there's a level of camaraderie in a band. There's a level of creative collaboration. Um, Mm -hmm. there's obviously a level of excitement playing on stage and I miss those things for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was also able to do things for myself and, and Mm -hmm. I know, I understand that a lot of people listening, especially the ones who might be interested in how to cope with quote unquote, leaving the music industry, um, might not have that ability just like, okay, Mm. I'm leaving my band. I'm going to go start building a studio. But my recommendation with how to cope would be find your outlet. Mm. You know, you don't have to leave music. You don't have to just stop playing drums or stop playing guitar or stop whatever, you know, just find a way to do it. Um, that works for you. Um, we started by talking about prioritizing. I know I was just thinking exactly like, you know, knowing, knowing yourself, I think is exactly what you need. You need to know yourself. You need to know what you need to fill that space, to fill that, that, um, that music need that you have. 
um, and figure out where it fits into the priority list. And then Mm. that should determine how much time you can spend doing it, where you have to do it, how you have to do it. Um, I know for myself that I need a creative outlet in some way. Um, It's not always drumming. Sometimes it's just writing music, just playing guitar. Um, You know, I guarantee that there's a church nearby that has a worship band and uh, needs musicians. Mm. <laughs> that's a great this way. That's a great true. outlet. And, you know, hopefully you can drive there and attend practice. There's your band. There's your, you know, music collaboration. Um, or if you're, if you're content, like myself, content with um, just sitting and playing music and being creative on your own, um, then do that. Find a way to do that, you know. Um, I never stopped writing producing, recording music at all. Um, not by a long shot. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm still submitting songs to placements, you know, so I'm still very much in the music industry, just Mm -hmm. not quite at the level of like Matt per se. So if you're Mm -hmm. okay with that, um, there are definitely ways, especially now with the digital space, to stay involved. Um, there are still communities, especially on like social media, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok even is, I'm seeing like a rising drum community on TikTok. Really? <laughs> so like cool. there, there are spaces uh, for you to still connect, collaborate, be a part mm-hmm. of something bigger um, within music that I still myself would consider the music industry, even if you're not calling it a full-time, you know, profession, so to speak. Mm. So that's what I have to say would about you, it. Would you say that, um, well, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this. As you were talking, I'm thinking about decisions I've made to prioritize the band over other things. Mm-hmm. And at times this was a mistake. Mm. And I look back and I think, man, do I remember the tour I did instead of that um, that other relationship? Or do I remember the, the practice I had or the show I played versus the other thing I could have done that I should have done looking back? Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I, remember, yeah. I don't remember anything about it. If, if, if you're looking at this to your point um, without priorities in mind, you're making a, a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot prioritize music or being in a band or the industry or your work for that matter. Maybe you're listening to this and you have, you have no affiliation with the music industry. But you, we all know this, but just a reminder, a note to self, you cannot prioritize that over your mm-hmm. relationship with someone else or um, responsibilities that need to be prioritized. Uh, but I will say, I, I think your advice is spot on with... You, you can still, you don't have to miss out just because you're not on tour. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, in your case, do you, have you ever felt like, especially in the beginning, like you were missing out the whole FOMO thing? Mm-hmm. Did that ever kick into where you're, you're home and maybe you're sitting at your desk or um, you're even in your studio playing and mm-hmm. the touring days are behind you and you're thinking, man, Right now, that band is doing this, or right Mm -hmm. now, that show is happening here. Man, I I remember what the stage, I wish I was on the stage right now. Yeah. Have have you had moments like that, or was it just a clean break where you didn't have that experience? 
Oh man, tell us dude, about that. The the FOMO is real. <laughs> the, okay, those moments happen all the time. Um, I don't okay. expect them ever to stop. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. I mean, this was literally my dream for most yeah. of my life. Like it was not like this or that and the other thing. It was like mm-hmm. music. Like I knew it early on, and that's why I invested so much time into being good at it if you can call mm-hmm. it good you know i was good enough at it to you know and that's like literally the feedback that i get when i'm playing with people it's like dude why like i i i knew you said you played drums but i didn't know like like you're good like and yeah. it's always a surprise <laughs> it's like well yeah this was literally what i wanted to do yeah <laughs> with my life you know <laughs> i put everything into this um of right. course of course you know and so um I think just because of that, like it's never going to fully go away. And every once in a while I'll think like, man, like I wonder if one day mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll happen, you know, I'm never fully able too. to let it go, you know, but, uh, it's, uh, but I mean, there's, there's always opportunities. I, I mean, even, uh, I guess, I don't know if this serves as an encouragement, but like, um, I got a song, uh, picked up recently that I wrote and recorded after my son was born, uh, wrote it, recorded it, produced it, mixed it, mastered it, everything, submitted it for the placements, all mm. from my own house, Studio. you know, everything done by myself, no connections needed. I just used what's available online, submitted to a placement and it got picked up. Um, and it hasn't been confirmed, but it's in the running to, to show up on a Netflix series. So like there are things that are happening still. So again, like there are ways this, what I'm trying to say is there are ways to still be in the music industry, still have Mm -hmm. a creative outlet, still feel a part of something. Um, and yeah, I mean the ultimate goal for me is still like, you know, I mean at this point it's kind of shifted from be a rock star who tours all the time to like, be a career songwriter who gets mm-hmm. song placements, <laughs> you know, it's shifted. <laughs> uh, it's still kind of the same ultimate goal. I don't think I'll ever not have a side job or a, or a career alongside my music career. But, um, but yeah, there's still that hope and there's always that fear of missing out. Thankfully, uh, I guess not thankfully, <laughs> selfishly, uh, none of the bands I was ever a part of ever like hit it big after I was, uh, I was with them. So there's no like, oh man, I left this band and then they went on to do great things. Right. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like in most cases a pretty clean, like, okay, we broke up and we're done. Um, I do miss it often. Mm-hmm. I will, I won't, mm-hmm. I won't lie and say that it, I don't think about that lifestyle and you know, um, what I've left behind. But I also can say with, with complete honesty that I have no regrets and that I love, uh, the time I'm able to spend with my kids and Mm -hmm. my family, um, you know, because I chose this, uh, as my lifestyle, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a good reminder, man. Yeah. I think I don't have a whole lot to add to it because your perspective is obviously a lot better than mine. Um, with you being in the position you are and made and you making the decisions you did, but I'll just reinforce what you said by saying what I said earlier, mm. you, you, you shouldn't ever have the feeling of 
wow, I'm really missing out if I'm not doing that. Therefore, I'm going to go do that thing mm-hmm. and leave behind, right? Something in your rearview mirror that, that sh- should not be in your rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing I'd like to add is I think that God will honor you and the decisions that you've made. You've, you've put your family first and you've prioritized them. And mm-hmm. I, you, you will not lose out on anything because of that. You'll, you've made the right decisions. I think it's so cool hearing well, that you can do uh, things from home. Like I, I can't yeah. wait for you to have your studio set back up. You can mm-hmm. continue writing. You can continue, you know, submitting songs. And like you said, you can have a full time job, be a full time dad, yeah, and be recording this stuff from your home studio, not ever having to leave and go on tour. Mm-hmm. Or even go to a studio, right. <laughs> or even have to send anything out. You're just completely yeah. independent of a yep. label and exactly. a budget and an engineer, mm-hmm. and all of it is is because you you've you've put in the work, you've put in the time, you you haven't stopped, you've taken the initiative, you're not afraid, of being shut down, and you've just found a way to still be creative. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess the bullet points are look at look at those things in your own life if you're listening to this, and do you do you have those attributes? Because if if you do already, um, have most of them, or some of them, or all of them, it'll help you determine what to do next. Yeah. If you don't have all of them, work to pick up some of those attributes. If if you do, um, then what's missing? Maybe just time sticking with it. And mm-hmm. if, if you have all of them but one or two, then work on picking those pieces up and yeah, um, you, you can start making some... I, 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 think, I think the traction that I'm talking about here applies to a lot of our listeners, actually, mm-hmm. who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s, 50s, who have a full-time job. That yeah. is what it is. Yeah. That's the reality. And so the passion project, the hobby, exists, but there's sort of this, where's the compass? Where's mm-hmm. true north? Where do I go with this? Yeah. I think the direction you gave is really good. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking about um, what you said reminded me a little bit of like uh, my conversation with Ben Walmer at your wedding, actually. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of in the same boat and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. there's definitely like, sometimes you think, oh, what if this happened, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think ultimately it's, you got to find uh, what it is for you, you know, and, yeah. and how to, how to meet that need. And I do understand that I'm in a unique position in some respects, you know, not everyone listening might, you know, feel comfortable producing a full song on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not be a multi-instrumentalist. You might not be able to mix and master, but there are people out there that you can still collaborate with mm-hmm. from across the world <laughs> who play different instruments, have a studio that they can record their parts. I've done tons of online co- collaboration. Um, there's lots of people who will mix your song for affordable, uh, for, will mix your song affordably uh, who are good at what they do. Um, in fact, that sounds like I, the, the brain fart I had earlier, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It's still Except early. For an it's affordable. Still early. We've been talking for a while, but it's still early. Uh, but, uh, even like some of the best, like the best, um, uh, 
uh, mastering engineer that I know of. He's he done he's done world class acts like, in fact, like some of the craziest albums that you've heard, like Paramore, Creed, like crazy crazy stuff. This guy, um, I would use him to master any of my stuff. I've used him in the past, mm. um, and it's like fifty bucks a song. Wow. So it's like it's not expensive <laughs> to wow, get stuff that's really good to get stuff done yourself you know yeah so like um you know and actually if you guys are interested i will send you his contact info he's he's the man he's a, he's great to work with and um knows what he's doing uh he doesn't mix he just masters um mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean it's not it's really not hard to you just have to put yourself out there, you know, mm -hmm. be open to collaborating with people, be open to, um, you know, hunting around for who you want to work with and, mm -hmm. uh, be diligent about, you know, putting your stuff out there for the world to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, I think TuneCore, uh, at this point, if you want to distribute your music, um, which was the hardest part when like early on in the band days, distributing music was literally mm -hmm. what you needed a label for. Now yep. you just pay like, it's like 50 bucks a year to it's distribute as much on music TuneCore. on TuneCore. And it goes on Spotify yeah. and uh, Apple Music and all that stuff. So it's really not hard. Would you say TuneCore is still the best? I can't medium. say I've really tried anything else. I I've haven't been with either. TuneCore for like, ah, oh, geez, 10 years at this wow. point. So, you know, I haven't switched at all. Um, and it's changed a lot. I mean, now uh, it used to be like, I don't know, 10 or $15 to put a song out. And now it's just $50 for unlimited right. music. Um, so I just have that subscription and 50 bucks a year, as many songs as I want to put up on Spotify or Apple right. music or whatever. It's yeah, it's insane. Um, and it pushes so, it out. You pick your release date, you pick mm -hmm. your album art. It's, it's very streamlined. It gives you a, a UPC, everything like it's, it, it's amazing what you can do now yeah. compared to what, you could do when, when we were kids, you know, oh you gosh. can literally bypass the entire label. All you would really need a label for is, you know, for upfront, uh, like investment. You're basically asking mm -hmm. for an investor to see value in your music and pay you a bunch of money to get your, get you started that you still have to pay back at some point. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, there's lots of things you can do on your own, um, mm -hmm. without touring, without being in a band, without, being signed, um, and still have your hand in the music industry. So, mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully that yeah, serves great. as an encouragement that's, for that's all of really you. That's really good, really good advice and coming from someone who has the experience. So thank you, Tim, for opening up oh, that of course. Uh, can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. Faith topic. Degenerate like me, giving advice. Mm. Man, those are untrue words. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh our faith well actually you picked both of these topics today but um mm. our our faith topic is uh failure feeling like a failure yeah um i think maybe you should kick this one off too because you came up with it i'm, I'm yeah. not sure of the direction you want to sure. take it and i don't i don't want to take it off the rails <laughs> yeah yeah you bet I don't want to feel like a failure at the so, end of my contribution. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start with the, uh, I'll start with where I want to finish it and, and we can work our way back. Work backwards. Um, okay. So yeah, the, the topic is 
dealing with failure. Um, and I think we might've talked about this before, um, and maybe even come to the same conclusion. I don't remember, but, um, how I want to approach this or where I want to end is, um, basically, was it really a failure? Failure or is it? Um, Mm. (laughs) because from my experience, uh, you know, I've messed up a lot in life. Uh, I mess up constantly. Um, I am going to mess up today at some point with something. I'm going to fail. Um, and I think the, uh, I think a really great way to fail again right after you fail is by saying, oh man, I screwed up and dwelling in that place. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I, th- I think it would be ignorant to not acknowledge the failure, but I think it would be, uh, I think it's not helpful at all to move on. And even though I have, I guess, regrets in life, um, things that I wish that I had done better or hadn't done or had done in certain circumstances, I, I still see where it's taken me and what I've learned from it. And I think if you fail and don't learn from it, that's actually the failure. Mm-hmm. If you mess up, screw up, uh, don't meet up to your standards, whatever you're considering this failure to be. Um, if you just, if you don't learn from it, if you don't grow from that failure, then that is the failure. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, dealing with failure is just saying, okay, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. That's where I end up or where I want to end up. I can't say that I always approach it that way. Um, but when I, you know, when we're asked, Hey, talk about dealing with failure. That's, that's where I go. It's like, well, Mm. how do you deal with failure? It's, it's tough. There's, you know, as a human, there are going to be lots of mind games, you know, Mm. it's going to make you feel inadequate. It's going to make you feel, um, like a failure. (laughs) I mean, we all know what that feels like. Right. Um, but dealing with it, uh, for me, it means uh, not dwelling in it. Dealing with it is moving on and figuring out how to learn from it, how to get better. So hmm. I know I know that's kind of the end result and lacks the mm-hmm. conversation around the idea, but that's how I felt like we should start because why <laughs> why toss around a ball that is ultimately going to end up in one place? <laughs> I feel like let's work our way back now, you know? Yeah, that's good. Man, I could say a lot about this. I'm, I'm trying to consolidate my thoughts about it. <clears throat> in, in my own life, I have seen the most growth because of Challenges, setbacks, and at times me failing, failure. And I think 
as you were talking, what I was, what I had in, in mind was, um, when you, when I look at you, uh, a, a parent, when I look at any of my brothers or sisters who have kids, they're, they're great parents. And part of being a great parent is disciplining or correcting the decisions your kids are making. As I get ready to, um, become a, a dad, um, and learn how to parent, I'm, I'm prepared to say, all right, that, that was not a good decision, baby girl grinder. You shouldn't do that. Here's how you should do it. Mm. And to your point, um, <clears throat> the failure would be not the first time you made the mistake, but deciding to continue the same mm-hmm. mistake, kicking the can down the road. That is 100% correct. I mean, the first time, how can you how can you really fault someone uh, if they they don't know that it's wrong or they haven't had the experience to know that it's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, you you <laughs> a parent's job is pretty tough. You have to say this kid is uh, behaving horribly. I mean, pretty much fr- from the start, and you you have to. Um, your job is to correct them and make them into the kind of human being that um, they should be. And I think as an as an adult, we have we have all of our life experience packed together, and we we are able to make decisions. And if we continue to make the wrong ones, then I think that's where the failure is. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a silver lining to failure, is what I'm saying. And the silver lining is. As a Christian, you have God's grace that covers you, but you you also have um, change in your life because of times that you fail. And yeah. you can make the decision to say, I'm not going to do that again. And mm-hmm. also you get to help other people avoid that same decision, just like a parent does to their kid. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to go a different direction with this, which is how do you deal with the feeling of failure? Mm. Well, that's good too. Um which is speaks a lot about your heart. Mm. How do you see yourself? You know, where's your identity as a drummer? When I would mess up years and years ago, I'd sit in the corner and just kind of sulk. Mm-hmm. It was devastating for me because my identity was wrapped up in what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't feel like I meet my own standards, I, I can't even face people. I don't even, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Well, that, was just kicking the can down the road, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 you're if you're going through something, the best thing you can do is face it. If you failed, if you messed up, the best thing you can do is th- is actually think about it and say, how can I make a better decision next time? Think think of uh, life as as an opportunity to continually get better. And each time you fail, it's it's a way of of saying, okay, well, here's an area that I'm not great and right. I need to get better. Mm-hmm. Instead of what I was doing with drumming, which was saying, crap, I'm not good at this. I messed up the show. I messed up that part. And I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit in the corner. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk to people. If anyone brings it up, I'm just going to run away. Well, then what happens the next time? You're yeah. stuck in this circle. But if you could face it and say, okay, what did I do wrong? Or this isn't a huge deal. It's okay. I can work and get better and better and better. Then actually you're able to make progress in it because you're aware of it. Mm. So I think where I want to go with this is um, 
I'm in a mentorship right now. And I'd say the, the biggest benefit to me personally has been looking at the areas that I suck at. And it's, it's not comfortable because I have someone else telling me essentially that, hey, this is not good. This is not right. This is not how you should be doing things. Do it mm -hmm. this way. And my reaction could be, oh, my gosh, I'm a failure. But that would just put me in a position where I'm playing the victim mm -hmm. and I'm not actually making change. So can you hear someone when they say there's a better way to do this with, without hearing them say you're a failure? Mm. Because they're two different things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think, I think if you fail at something... Um, or can consider yourself a failure at any point, um, mm -hmm. you're human. Right. I mean, it's only, it's like we, as humans, will <laughs> fail. You know, it's it, for all, uh, what, what's it's Romans something, for all have uh, sinned and uh, fall short of the- 828. For all have sinned mm -hmm. and fall short of the glory of God. Um, I think it's yeah. like, you know, we are all going to fail. We are all going mm -hmm. to fall short. Um, and so for, I think it's actually, for me, um, I, at least I feel like, uh, like a relatively arrogant person at times. Like I've got, uh, I am constantly trying to keep my pride in check. Um, you know, and, um, I mean, when I was a kid, it was, I was prideful to the point where I wanted to be humble so badly <laughs> that I basically just like, <laughs> you know, shot my self-confidence. Like uh, <laughs> I was really, what I was doing was just like <laughs> taking myself down a bunch of notches to right. be humble. And it wasn't right. actually addressing the actual pride issues, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, um, I feel like when I fail, it's just a, a reminder like, hey, you're human, you mm -hmm. know? And it's, and it's great for me. Uh, like I, I think that the, um, the mentorship that you're in is, is, is great because having that outside perspective about all the ways that you suck <laughs> is a great yeah. way for you to gain <laughs> like actual perspective on mm -hmm. life and how to move forward. It's a I way for you word, to stay humble. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's, um, if you can see every, every time that you fail, if you see it as an opportunity, as opposed mm -hmm. to a failure, um, I think that's how you deal with both both, you know, dealing with the failure itself, but also dealing with the feeling of failure. It's like, okay. don't see it as failure, see it as an opportunity. I, I think that brings up a good point though, which is, um, if I fail, if I do, if I mess up, if I sin, if I fail, I think all these things are kind of synonymous. It doesn't mean that you're a failure, but it means that the, that you failed. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know if that's what you're saying, but, but just, Personally, I feel like that's the way to approach this, which is for myself, which is, yes, that is bad, bad mm -hmm. thing. Don't do that again. But <laughs> yeah. that doesn't, bad that's man. not a reflection <laughs> of, of <laughs> stop it. <laughs> that's, that's not a sign of, of, of me being a failure. It's like, yes, I was bad. But Matt, yeah, Matt's pretty bad too, but Matt's not a failure. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just because There's you fail, distinction you have to a failure. Make. Yeah, exactly. What, what I was doing when I was drumming, and I still have to figure this out, um, I have to work against my natural inclination, which is if I mess up on the kit, 
If I mess up playing drums, I am a failure. No, 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 no. There's got to be a firewall mm-hmm. between those things. If you I mess up, I need to get better. admit that you fail without admitting that you're a failure. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not a reflection of, of who I am. Precisely. This is actually a really good thing that I want to I want to bring our first topic in to kind of bring it full circle because I feel like a lot of people who make the decision to leave the music industry again in air quotes <laughs> who decide not to pursue music as a career um, might feel like they failed at something. Um, I know mm. that's my tendency as that's true as an individual is like if I if I put my all into something. And I said, I'm going to do this thing and then did not proceed to do it, at least in the mm-hmm. way that I had imagined myself doing it, I would feel like a failure. And so mm-hmm. I want to encourage everyone <laughs> who might have stopped after the first drum topic <laughs> and are still mm-hmm. listening um, <laughs> to apply this exact thing to topic number one, because I think um, I, I know that I have felt like a failure, you know, like a lot of people invested a lot of money for me mm-hmm. in certain projects. Uh, my wife obviously invested a lot into as far as the amount of time that she allowed me to put into these things, even after we got married and, you know, things like that. Like, um, it, it can weigh on you, um, if you don't take it there, you know, if, if you're, right. if you don't succeed in that, you can feel like a failure. And I want to encourage you all not to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and not to let the fear of failure be the reason why you make a bad decision as far as mm-hmm. prioritizing your family over something, uh, that might not be as important. So, hmm. yeah. So just yeah, wanted to add that little point. tidbit there. Um, cause I think it does kind of round out the two topics, but it does. Yep. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. I think that's a great way to end it. Um, thank you, Tim, for being, uh, insightful. in I would say both areas, but specifically the, um, the music industry area. I, th- I think that's an important topic that a lot of people can relate to. And it's good for me to hear too. It, it mm-hmm. honestly helps me appreciate what I do so yeah. much more because I know this is fleeting and I know I need to take it seriously. So Matt, get back on the kit and practice. You have a <laughs> Stop clinic coming the lawn, up. on Matt. Come on. You got tour Get back coming. on the kit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be hammering down this week. Uh, personal goals this week. I'm going to be practicing three hours a day, Monday, nice. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, that puts me at 21 hours. Pretty good spot. I have a full, full set list to master and I've taken good time off from the kit. And then I'm teaching a clinic in Pittsburgh next Tuesday. So nice. Set some goals for yourself and work towards them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We love doing this. If uh, you want to help ensure that we get to keep doing this, that'd be, that would be um, very generous and we'd appreciate that a lot. And you can do that at patreon.com slash Holy Ghost Notes. Okay. Holy Ghost Notes, not the (laughs) Holy Ghost Notes, like our website. website. (laughs) Check us out on social media. We are everywhere and submit your drum videos. We'd love to see them. Yeah. Use the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes. That about wraps it up. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We love you all. Inner Circle, we love you guys. Um, And we'll see you all very soon. You know we'll be seeing you. Oh, you know that. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Matt. Peace.
Peace.